This is an RNZ podcast. Last weekend, we spoke to Anna Samways, author of a new weekly online column for the listener called Digital Bonfire, which will be a bit like, but also a bit different to, a column called Sideswipe, which she wrote for The Herald for more than 21 years, every weekday until May this year. Now, we reckon that made it possibly the longest-running individual regular column in a major New Zealand media outlet in modern times, but we might have been wrong. A few listeners got in touch with claims of columns that had a longer lifespan, though some didn't quite compare. But one certainly did, and it turns out Sideswipe wasn't even the longest-running regular column at the Herald. Mary Holm has been writing a column of personal finance advice and information every week in the Weekend Herald since 1998, and she's also been a regular contributor here on RNZ National since 2015. Well, Mary, yes, having uh, having identified Anna last week in, in the programme as uh, possibly the longest-running columnist, turns out not even the longest-running one at the Herald. I guess Anna doing her <laughs> thing in the Daily Paper for all those years, but uh, you doing your thing in the Weekend Herald. Um, when was it that you began? Because uh, you're still going strong, obviously, but can you take us back to uh, where it all began? Yes, it started in... April 1998, so just a couple of months ago, we sort of marked the 25th anniversary of the column. Mm. And I know that the feedback is a big thing. You base uh, your column on the Q&A, well, giving the A's to the Q's of the people who write in with their queries. But the first one, obviously, you couldn't have done that. Can you remember what you wrote about first time round? Yes, yeah, no, I did. I asked friends and family, and, and uh, Rod Orham, who was the editor of the business editor of the Herald at the time, asked um, Herald business writers. And between that lot, we managed to get three questions, which were basically about the same sort of things that I still get questions about. You know, um, somebody wanting a 25% return on an investment, <laughs> so totally unrealistic. Um, there was somebody complaining about the banks, I think, which is an absolute perennial subject, complaints about banks. And then there's another one about um, investing in unit trusts, which are like Kiwi Saver funds, basically. It was pre- this was pre Kiwi Saver days, but so they ended up being very typical questions, but they were real. And all the way through, the questions in the column have always been real. People say to me, "Oh, you must make some of them up," but I get way, way too many letters, the real letters. You know, I'm always agonising about the ones I can't get into the paper. It's certainly not a case of making any up. Well, Anna Samways talked about that last week as well, saying one of the things uh, that meant it, it didn't get old for her doing it for all those years was the fact that the the same uh, group of readers tended to send her information. It became a bit of a two-way thing, a bit of a dialogue. I mean, for you, it's direct feedback with their questions, your answers. In fact, you wrote, when you marked the 25th anniversary, uh, it's this flow of inspiring, worrying or intriguing thoughts from readers that's given me the energy to churn out columns year after year. More than two million words. You say a good proportion of those have been your words, the readers, not mine. Uh, But has that remained constant all the way through? I mean, are are people as... uh, Because there's all sorts of avenues that people can go to to get their financial advice. Are they still coming through in the sort of volumes they are now as they might have been in the earlier years? Yes, um, more and more all the time, I find. Um, I've written a couple of books fairly recently, and I think that's probably 
brought more more readers in, and I also do a, a um, regular segment with Jesse Mulligan on Radio New Zealand on Thursday, every second Thursday, and I think that brings more readers in too. So the the numbers of letters just keeps growing. Uh, yeah. One thing I thought was was interesting is that when we cast our mind back to look at long-running columnists uh, in some in specialist areas like, say, the arts, a lot of them have ended up publishing their own stuff in a way because their columns haven't lasted for, for whatever reason uh, and they turn to forums like Substack, you know, an online uh, newsletter. Yeah. And when we look, look back, we saw that you were doing your own one uh, before the kind of two-way internet was a thing with um, Home Truths, the newsletter. And when we look at it, it was actually a bit like the Substacks today with charts and graphics, a little cartoon, even a crossword uh, you had in there. So you were kind of doing this before the technology existed to make it, um, you know, truly interactive and online. Yeah, that that is true, actually. I'd forgotten about Home Truths. Yes, yeah, and I used to love making up the crossword. So that was all done in paper form back then and it went to um, some a couple of KiwiSaver providers sent them out to their members and a few other financial advisors sent them out to their clients but it kind of after a while people were busy doing their own thing and it, it died out and I was I got busy with other stuff so yeah that came and went but seeing as you do respond directly to the people who get in touch and you've been doing it so long. I wonder, is there a temptation to um, perhaps be a little um, arrogant, maybe? Like a, a little like you've seen it all before and sometimes you might be a little wary of these questions. You think, oh, people still asking this after me telling them for 25 years. <laughs> An old editor of mine actually called this problem, um, he called it the uh, listen sunny, listen honey problem is in you know people have been around for so long would listen to a question now listen sonny I've, I've been around the block i'm telling you is that a problem as you get uh, more uh, experience shall we say in giving out this advice i don't don't feel like i want to say that but i, I always think there's a balance between um bringing obviously fairly new people to the column bringing them in and explaining the basics about how to pick a good kiwi saver fund something like that and i worry that that's going to bore the long term readers and so i have to but but one thing i've got going for me colin is that there are usually four or five different q and a's in the column and so I figure people might read one question and say, oh, I already know what she's going to say to that one, and move on to the next question rather than just giving up on the column, I hope. Oh, no, you mean the danger of they think you're predictable? Oh, look, I'm sure they do on certain topics because, you know, I do have to try and think of slightly different ways to make the same points. But, but yeah, um, I, I'm sure that there are readers who say... I've read what Mary says about this. I'm going to jump on to the next Q&A, you know. But there's always some fresh ones coming in. I mean, I've written several other columns over the 25 years. And kind of after a while, you do run out of steam when they're just sort of straight articles. But the energy I get from new angles and new problems and new points that people make. I mean, one of the things I love is that I'll write an answer to a question and then other readers will come in and say, hey, what about this angle or what about this idea? And then I pretty much always run those the following week so we can get a, a conversation going with a whole kind of community that might last several weeks. 
and really explore an issue from, you know, people, maybe we're looking at reverse mortgages and some people have had a great experience with them and some people have had a terrible experience with them. So it gives other readers a lot of information about, you know, what can work and what can't work. Seeing as you mention it there about mortgages, uh, that is coincidentally one thing we're also looking at this week is reports of a so-called mortgage bomb uh, going off, all those people that fixed mortgages for a couple of years, uh, two years ago when um, rates were low but house prices were high, so borrowing sums were large. Do you think there's a a real risk of that and and do you read some of the media coverage and perhaps, you know, the political uh, angle of this, of talking up the danger to the economy and people's finances and uh, do you think there is a real issue there? Well, yes, definitely. I mean, it's very hard for some people whose mortgages have rolled over and onto much higher interest rates. But one point that I think we have to make is that I think the media gets obsessed with mortgages, quite possibly because a lot of the more senior people in the media have got mortgages. And, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I think someone, one of the bank people said the other day, 60% of New Zealand adults don't have mortgages. But they're not the media people. So, um, you know, like a lot of older people have, have paid off their mortgage or don't own a home. And so the high interest rates are great for them with their bank term deposits and so on. And I I think I get a disproportionate number of letters from older people who probably have been reading the column for years and years and and quite often tell me they refer their adult children to it as well. But uh, they mortgages aren't an issue for them. So, you know, we've got to keep that in mind, the balance. Yeah. And and as as we also know, in recent years, journalists, columnists, uh, identities in the media have attracted more hostility and maybe, you know, a bit of sort of suspicion and paranoia about the media in general. Uh, Have you copped any of this in your specialist field or does the fact that it's based on kind of writing in where people have to pause and think and put their thoughts you know on on paper or at least in text before sending it in means you're not getting perhaps that more instant and fiery you know feedback which is becoming so unpleasant for so many people who have their name out in the media look I don't get a lot of really hostile stuff I get a few you know every now and then someone violently disagrees with what I've said and I make a point of almost always running those letters in the next column because partly because I don't want them to think she didn't have the guts to run it, you know. And and sometimes I have to say, look, you've got a point. Uh, sometimes I think their argument's not good, so, so I say that. But, um, look, I don't get very many. I had one angry letter, an inter- interesting one, about a year ago from someone objecting to two Maori words in, it wasn't actually even me speaking, it was me quoting someone who used the words Aotearoa and kai as in putting kai on the table. And he said, you know, stop speaking this this language that most of us don't understand, etc. And I ran his letter in the column and I made a slightly... Well, in my response, I actually put the first sentence in, in Te Reo, 
which I don't speak, but I got a friend to write it for me, um, and it made a fairly brief response saying I thought that you know New Zealanders do understand words like kai and Aotearoa, and and I had the biggest flood of letters from other readers that I've ever had. There were, I don't know, 50, 60 letters came flooding in about that Q&A. The vast majority of them agreeing with me, but quite a few agreeing with what he had said too. So that was interesting. And I actually wanted to fill the next column with some of those letters and, and the business editor said, hey, Mary, you can have half the column with that, but you meant to be writing about mortgages and KiwiSaver, et cetera. Yes, here at RNZ, we are also familiar with uh, communications from some listeners, particularly uh, triggered by uh, the appearance of occasional uh, words in te reo, so it's not unfamiliar yes, to us as I'm well. I'm sure. One thing, when when we clearly, you know, overlooked your column when we talked about Anna and her column last week and, you know, positing the longest-running uh, column in, in New Zealand sort of mainstream media, uh, we did have a few communications. I wouldn't mind running through a few of those with you. Uh, one is that oh. uh, the NBR um, has had a column called Shoeshine, which goes yes. way back to when that was a print-only product. However... Unlike yours and Anna's, that's not written by the same person over that span of years. Different journalists at the NBR uh, take that on to have a kind of deep dive into a personal look at a business issue each week. Uh, Joe Bennett, um, humor, humorous writer, satirist, he's been writing uh, for a long time, but we believe with, with breaks, particularly in the press, um, I think he lives in, in Littleton. Um, others wrote in to say TJ McNamara has written arts reviews for The Herald over a long span of years. Uh, also... Um, Alex Stone, a weekly column called In the Wind for Waiheke, uh, Waiheke's Golf News for over 25 yeah. years. And we're told um, he's never taken a holiday break and only once missed a deadline. And that was while there was a full-on storm going on in the Tasman Sea. <laughs> and then, Well, my hat off to him. No, no summer breaks. No. Gosh, I've, always, I've always taken those. No, yeah. we, we, we wouldn't expect columnists not to have a break at least <laughs> once a year. And then another one from a reader of Farmers Weekly uh, pointing out that um, possibly a longer-running columnist might be uh, uh, Steve Wynne-Harris, who's written a column for Farmers Weekly uh, since 1996. Now, correspondent says in that time, Steve hasn't missed a deadline for over 1,300 columns, which is quite a contribution. However... Uh, you know, this might seem mean, but Farmers Weekly or things like NBR, maybe specialist publications, specialist audience, to be doing what you do in a, what we might call a, you know, a mainstream or general um, publication like the Weekend Herald, which is effectively a national paper, uh, I don't think there's anything that um, that quite matches up to that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would hesitate to make any claims about what other people have been doing. But that's an interesting list, you've read. Yeah. Mm. But there, there really is something about um, those who are prepared to do it over such a long span of time and so dedicated to it, which I guess brings me to my final question. Um, do you have a target in mind? Do you want to be getting to a certain number of years or are you just going to carry <laughs> on doing this as long as you want to and as long as the Herald will have you? Uh, how about 50 years? Um, <laughs> no. um, uh, look, I, no, I don't have a target in mind. It, 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 you know, it might, but I'm not planning to end it at the moment. I do enjoy doing it for the most part and and want to keep going. So as long as the Herald will have me, 
it might go for a few more years yet, I think. And, and let's hope we do have a viable financial system 25 years from now. Oh, um, don't because, say that. I know, uh, being be <laughs> crass. But, I mean, literally, you, we simp- you simply can't know what shape the business w- would be in. I mean, when you began the column, did you think, uh, y- you know, that you'd be doing it now and that, uh, you know, you'd be getting, as you pointed out, some of the very same sort of queries 25 years on that you were um, at the start, albeit that major things like KiwiSaver have come up uh, in the meantime that, that you couldn't have predicted back when you began? Look, I don't think I gave it any thought what the future held. I just recently left the listener and, you know, was going out as a freelancer and I was really thrilled to get a, a weekly column and just kind of hoping it was going to keep going for a few years, I think, at that point. Okay, well, thanks so much for joining us. We do apologise for overlooking you last week. and uh, <laughs> That's fine. We'll put it in our diary for the 50th anniversary, which um, <laughs> which will Very be, good. let's see, what's that, 2048? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay, we'll talk then. Hopefully you won't have changed your number. <laughs> thanks, Colin. And we'll listen out for you on Jesse's programme as well, of course, every second Thursday. Thank you. It's Mary Holm, who's been writing a column of personal finance advice and information every week in the Weekend Herald since 1998.